I had a banana before I got on, so I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Aaron Meyer. You're listening to the 199 Podcast. Today, we're talking to Lee Ellis of No Dunks and the Starters about his new venture that combines travel and basketball. Yeah, well, look, two of my passions in life have been basketball and traveling. And uh, basically, anytime I've traveled, those two have twined. You know, something sort of just, it just sort of sparked something in me where I thought, you know, I wonder if there is something to this where I can potentially, you know, do this as a career. We also discuss his memories from the past decade plus covering the NBA and engaging in basketball culture. Uh, you know, I was a Lakers fan, but Isaiah Thomas, at six foot tall, going out there, you know, beating up the Lakers. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Indiana's <laughs> own. Now, on to the show. Yeah, this is amazing. When Michigan can keep this Welcome to the 199 Podcast. We've got a special guest today. We've got Lee Ellis, who's known as the International Man of Mystery, and he's becoming even more international uh, with his latest venture. So we're excited. If you don't know him, we'll uh, get to know him a little bit and talk about his new venture and all the things that he's done in the, the NBA and basketball world, just creating that culture that we like to talk about so much. So I'm going to throw it over to Robert just to get us started today. Yeah, we just want to first start off. Tell us about how it all got started. I, I listened to the story. I think it's awesome. So just go ahead and share with our audience how it all started. Yeah, well, look, two of my passions in life have been basketball and traveling. And uh, basically, any time I've traveled, those two have twined. And in the last couple of years when I've traveled to Europe, I was in Barcelona this summer um, and I was in Berlin the summer before that and a few other countries in between. You know, I'd find a court and uh, and I'd just start playing and I'd, <laughs> my son or my wife would start shooting it. And, I, I you know, look, I... There was no real reason to shoot it other than just, hey, just shoot this and see what happens. And then I would put it up on social media and I got a really solid response. Both time, or, you know, every time I've done it, like like shockingly good response. People say, oh, man, that's awesome. And so my messages uh, just got flooded with people saying, man, if you're in my city, if you're in my town, come on out, we'll play and, you know, I'll organise and all that. And, uh, you know, something sort of just, it just sort of sparked something in me where I thought, you know, I wonder if there is something to this where I can potentially you know, do this as a career. You know, I've, I've had an incredible time <laughs> podcasting, being on TV, talking about basketball, and it's great. And as I say, I still love the game, but it's sort of one of those things that just it's in the back of your mind and you're like the curiosity is like, I wonder if I could do this. I mean, if, it, if it's legit that people seem to love it and they are actually asking me to come and play, well, I'm going to now sort of put the pressure back on the fans <laughs> and say, all right, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> you, you, you have to sort of back up your word now. Um, and, and that's kind of what happened. And, you know, again, in the last, um, probably, you know, month or so, or probably a bit longer than that, two or three months, as I sort of flushed the idea out a bit more, you know, wrote some things down, looked at some other people who have had a lot of success in certain terms of social media, uh, you know, making a career out of it, I'm thought, well, no one's really doing this. Mm. Um, and look, it's not about me trying to make a late push to get drafted in the NBA. I, I, I want to get that out there. This is, this is not, um, I mean, look, this is not about me trying to become, you know, uh, like a professor or anyone like that, a streetball legend, you know, hot sauce and those guys. It's about fun. It's about playing. It's about, you not know, that you'd be against that, and, right? If you became a streetball hey, legend. The Lakers can always use a shooter. That's right. 22%. I say I'm, 
I'm not trying to make the NBA, <laughs> but of course, if someone says you want to come and sit on the bench, I can yeah. do it. But the, the shot truth doctor is, too, you know, you know, exactly. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. It's not about me trying to, you know, create some street or legendary. Or it's about fun. It's about interaction. It's about meeting people. It's about travel, exploration, discovery. And all those things that throughout my life, I mean, I was, you know, born and raised in Australia. I went backpacking for six weeks about 25 years ago mm. and uh, and I never went home um, <laughs> to live. And so now I'm just like, well, why not? Why not give huh. it a shot? See where it takes me. And uh, and, and I'm really, really excited by it. I, I mean, I, I've, I'm honestly exhilarated by the unknown, which mm. is I don't know if it's going to work or not. You know, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I left a very comfortable job, a fun job, an incredible job, but at some point, I just knew that I had like the timing was never going to be right. You, th- these sorts of things, you have to kind of jump into them head first, and uh, and that's what I decided to do. <laughs> that's that's great. You know, one of the things I've been noticing is that you're playing a lot outside. So, growing up, did you play outside? Because we've talked about that a lot and kind of lamented the loss of the playground atmosphere uh, for basketball. Like so much is structured now, where they've got a, a coach in a gym and you're doing certain drills, and it's and it's the, everybody's the same age, and so. There's something about that that we kind of feel like is it has has been lost maybe a little in the United States. I wonder what it was like in Australia, and if that's something that you hope you can bring back a little bit too. That enthusiasm uh, to play outside. That that's a hundred percent true uh, for for a couple of things. There, I don't play any of these games at an indoor gym because there are beautiful gyms all around the world. There's no doubt about it. Um, but to me, it's not anything too. The, the ambience is just different there. I want to play on the streets. I want to play where there's graffiti on the wall mm. and the ring's a bit wonky and, you know, the court's got cracks and things like that because, to me, that is what um, playing on the street has been. That's what I've done in, in, in various countries, in mm. uh, uh, Peru and in uh, Mexico and Brazil, and I've played. And there's just a different atmosphere uh, with outdoor basketball. And, and when I grew up, we had a, uh, a rim in our neighbour's driveway, <laughs> which was funny because I remember when they put it up and the neighbour said, he said, listen, anytime you want to come out and play, just do it. And I literally <laughs> took him up and I played to the point where they moved out. They sold the house a few <laughs> years later and moved out. So. <laughs> um, but the thing was with that court, or the, it wasn't even a court, it was a driveway, but whenever, you know, my friends or my brother's friends or people in the neighbourhood were walking past, if they saw me, you know, they would come along and shoot. We would have games. I remember sometimes, in the, uh, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, there might be 15 or 20 kids playing there. Um, you know, and you drink the, drink the water out of the hose when it wasn't your <laughs> yeah. game as well, like sure. all those sorts of things. And so, you know, I, I've just found that really that bond that I uh, felt back then as a kid, it really has been the same wherever I've played, where you don't necessarily know everyone all that well. You don't need to speak the same language because basketball is what brings us together. Right. You know, you don't need to explain the rules. You don't need to say, well, we're doing this or doing that. I mean, there are slight variations as far as sometimes it's twos and ones and, and it's up to 10 or 15 or whatever. You win by two. But for the most part, you turn up to a court and if there's three other people there, then you've got a two-on-two and, and it's just great. It's, it's really good competitive stuff and, um, I, you know, it just, for me, is very exciting. Now, as a guy from Indiana, when we traveled to Florida, we had to explain to them that we weren't going to play 2-3 zone. Like, we're playing man-to-man defense. <laughs> no 2-3 no zone. So there are there's some nuance. I, I know what you're saying, but there's some nuance in the game. Right, exactly. Yeah. I have to communicate. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm yeah. Sh- got to shake some people off. Are the, the no blood, no foul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, look, and that, you know, those sorts of things, you sort of, you know, that, that I always feel when you turn up to someone else's court, you play by their rules. You never say, yeah, well, we fair. play it this way. You know, 
it's like you're turning up to someone's house for a party. You don't say, "We'll put this music on," or "We're drinking this tonight," or whatever. I mean, you're you're a guest, and so you you follow their uh, their lead there. But the 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 thing is, there, you know, Indiana has a reputation, Florida has a reputation, <laughs> and when they come together, you yeah. know, if it's in Florida, okay, it's Florida rules. But guess what? If they go to Indiana. And they're playing by your rules, and that's the way it should be. There you go. Well, tell me about like where where you got the idea for the number. So it's twenty cities. uh, You're going to different different countries. You're going to get these get these games going. So why the number? Just because it's a round number, or is there like a storytelling behind it? And then what's what's your hope to like continue beyond this, or is this kind of a a capsule that you're that you're looking? Oh no, I mean, uh, look honestly, the number started at fifty when I first said it to my wife, and then and then even I thought like. Like, you know, I like challenges. I like I like things that are, you know, uh, they're going to be tough to overcome. And I thought, you know what, 50 is a bit big ask at the start. Look, there's 197 countries in the world, I believe. Uh, so, and look, you can take a few out. Obviously, I'm not going anywhere near Russia, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, right now. But the, the point is um, I'm not going to run out of games and courts right. and cities and countries. So if this does go well, uh, and obviously I hope it does, uh, and, and maybe someone else comes on board in terms of financing it and providing the resources and things like that, then it, it'll, it'll just continue. I mean, this will be my career if it goes that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had some uh, interesting messages and, uh, <laughs> and things so far, but I think, I think you, know, no, nobody's, you know, nobody's come up with any money or anything like that right now. Yeah. But I think what's happening is there's enough interest out there already that people are probably waiting to see how these first – uh, these first four countries go, and if there's something there, and there's some good traction and engagement with my audience, then uh, then hopefully someone will be able to come in and, and help me because it's there's no no doubt it's a huge undertaking trying to For basically sure. organize it all, shoot it all, arrange all the travel and accommodation, organization, then edit it and put it out in social and make it good, engaging content. I mean, th- there's a ton there, but I I just feel that. Um, it's, it's one of those things. It's like any other startup. I mean, I just came from working from The Athletic who, yeah. what, seven years ago, that, two guys came in. What a crazy idea, said, right? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, no, no, I can't imagine any, their friends weren't like, guys, what are you talking about? Yeah. Not, people aren't going to pay for sports content right. and they turned it into a you know, multi-million dollar business. So there's no, there's no doubt it's a challenge there. But I'm also not putting that pressure on myself where it has to go perfectly from day one because it, mm. it simply won't. Um, there's going to be a lot of learning. There's going to be missteps. There's going to be things that I get wrong and, and, and screw up. (laughs) But I, I, I just feel that again, that's, that happens in life anyway. So, you know, why not do it chasing something that you really, really enjoy anyway, uh, rather than just doing the same old mistakes that you've made for, for years. Well, you're off to a good start with the goat commentator doing one of your trailers. Cause I was pretty, I was pretty pumped to, to uh, see, to hear, yeah. to hear his voice, uh, in there. Well, Bo, Bo is great. And, uh, well, I've done some work with him in the past and it was funny. I got a message from him just the, you know, a couple of days ago, or I guess it was now over a week ago. He sent me a message and said, you know, all the best if there's anything I can ever do for you. <laughs> and I said, well, you well, know what, Bo, <laughs> Actually, I might uh, I might uh, get you to do something. So that's that's the other thing. If anyone messaged me and says, "Hey, can I uh, help out?" I'm pretty much going to say, "Sure, you can. I'll I'll give you something to do here." But uh, I, I, and look, I mean, those sorts of things as well for me. That's how you you learn about um, what works and what hit what's a hit with the audience and, yeah. and things. And I'm just going to try all sorts of things. I, I, you should see this doc that I've got with all these potential <laughs> uh, content ideas. Some of them are crazy. Some of them, no doubt, won't work and won't happen. But yeah. I just feel now is the best opportunity to uh, to try things and and see what works. And you know, when I, I referenced before some of the other content creators on YouTube and Instagram and things like that who have got you know millions and millions of followers, well, 
there's no doubt that at the start they didn't imagine they were going to get that big. You know, they yeah, just yeah. did stuff and it worked and they keep doing it. And so, you know, I, I hope to, uh, you know, be able to engage an audience. And mm. if I am, then things like revenue will, will be created and, um, and, you know, it'll be great. You never know what videos will go viral and all of a sudden your fan base will just blow up. I mean, me personally, if I was on Netflix or, you know, Amazon Prime and I saw something like you're doing, like I'm a basketball junkie, right? So if I can <laughs> see what's going on in different countries to pick a place, I mean, I would be interested. I would want to, I would want to check it out for sure. And that's what I'm hoping that people at Netflix and Amazon Prime and Apple Plus and HBO Max and Hulu and anyone else out there who's listening. I mean, you know, I, 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 look, I'll be honest. I mean, that's what I am. Um, that's what I'm hoping. I mean, look, I said this on the show too on my final show on the No Dunks uh, with the guys there. The primary purpose of this is not I want to do this to make money. I mean, I want to do it to have fun, to, to try this challenge and to see if I can. I mean, ultimately, yes, I do want to generate revenue and I want it to be able to you know, be able to pay my bills. But the primary motivation here isn't like I've got to make money from day one. I mean, as, as I said before about us being a startup, you start in a bit of a hole. Um, you know, there's, there's camera equipment that I've bought and you know, you, there's a lot of upfront expenses that you have to, uh, you, have to you know, wear at the start. But, again, if, if, I, if, if the content um, gains traction with my audience and people do think there's something to it, then the money will follow. And that's why I'm not putting too much pressure on myself from day one to be perfect. It's like I just need somebody to believe in the idea and then they can help me, you know, uh, showcase it because I, I don't want to reveal too many details, but I've already got sort of legs two and three distantly planned out because i got mm. so many people messaging me after the uh, uh, after the show ended and then after i released that first video where i'm like okay I've, if i can if I can just sort of get those ones moving after this first set then i really feel i'm going to have some uh, momentum going but I, my focus right now is just on the first four countries uh, which starts mm. next week yeah next wow okay that's that's <laughs> awesome well now you got now you got me excited so is there is there a pickup story <laughs> That you have, you know, you don't have to include it from the ones that are upcoming, but it could have been one of the ones that inspired you to kind of go down this, this journey. Like what, what was it that, you know, cause travel for me, you know, in the places that I've been has, is something that kind of helps propel your life anyways, right? You go someplace, right, puts 100%. you in a different headspace. So, yeah. and I, and inevitably I end up playing basketball because it's also something I love and being there. So I, I love the combination and the concept of, of this. So was there a story that, that kind of coalesced the two of those things for you? I mean, probably this story wasn't the one that, um, that, that really just made me decide to do it. But I love telling the story about in Berlin last year, it was at a flea market on Sunday afternoon. We just had lunch, my family, we we're walking through. I didn't even know there was a court there, <laughs> but there were these guys playing. And this guy have, smoking like a bifter during, <laughs> while, while he's playing out there, you know, and, and, and it's on my Instagram. He's got the Tracy McGrady throwback. Uh, <laughs> is it Tracy McGrady or Pink? I can't. Anyway, it's Orlando number one. Okay. And, you know, this guy is like smoking away, but he's out there playing and he's dribbling under his legs and behind <laughs> his back and uh, his name was Sonny. And, I mean, that just to me shows that, again, he, he wasn't out there you know, doing Steph Curry stuff, hitting shots from you know, 20 feet away or anything like that. He just loved the game. Mm. He was there. It was a beautiful day. There was other people just milling around. Another person joined the game. And that's what I love about it is that it just people, it, it, it breaks all barriers. You know, it doesn't matter where you're from, what, you know, religion you believe in, what, you know, it, it's like if you love basketball and there's a court and there's a game and you look and you can see, say there's an odd amount of players, say there's three or five or whatever, and you want to play, 
everyone's like, yeah, come and play because we need even numbers here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. no one, no one, I've never been on a court that I can ever remember where someone said, go away, we don't want you to play. You might have to wait a game or two, but no one's ever been said, no, don't don't play. It's, it's So it's like, come on in, play, uh, and let's have some fun. And, and that's the thing is then, you know, quite quickly you're trying to maybe set a screen for each other, you're rebounding, you're passing the ball because that teamwork we all understand if you've played any team sport, is you've got to work together, and so it doesn't. No, no one's like, "Hang on a minute, uh, you know, which, which, do you like the Lakers or the or the Rockets?" If you're a Lakers fan, I don't want to play with you. You know, you're out. Everyone's yeah. yeah everyone's just like, "Let's play a game that we love here, and let's try to win." And and ultimately, again, it's not even about you. Don't walk off the court in those situations like, "Yes, I won." You know, like, "Yeah, I'm a hero." You walk off having shared the experience and the enjoyment of playing the game. And and, and look, winning's always more fun. But it's not like, "Oh man, I lost. I lost pickup basketball with strength." Today I can't go on with my life, you know. So, um, and and I guess the other the other to answer your question, when I so we went to Egypt in the summer too. My family and I, I took our sons down there, and 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 I was coming back via Italy, and I was in Rome for a few days, and I was in Florence for a few days, and so I put us an Instagram story up, and I said, I'm going to be in Florence on this day. If anyone wants to tell me if there's a pickup game, let me know, and I'll come and play. And the crazy thing about that post was. I, that was one of my most engaged stories I've ever posted. You know, thousands and thousands of people saw it and, and uh, you know, quite a few people responded. No one in Florence actually said, hey, come and play, but <laughs> people from everywhere else in Greece and uh, Portugal and Spain and, you know, everywhere else said, come and play here, come play. And I'm like, oh, you know, you want to write back and say, okay, can we focus here? Let's get to Florence first. Let's get to Florence first. But anyway, as it turned out, someone in Barcelona said, come and play in Barcelona. I went and played there, and uh, and it was it was just great. It was it was exactly what I was hoping for. That you know, I would turn up, play, make some friends, and uh, some fun. And that's that's what it ultimately basketball was for me as a kid, and it still is. Now. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, basketball is definitely just one of those games that brings the joy out. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are; just it just makes it fun. I know I'm nothing like where you've been, but. We went on a cruise for a honeymoon, right? Like a seven day cruise. I didn't even know they had a court on the cruise ship, <laughs> but my wife was like, I'm laying out. And I was like, Hey, there's a basketball court. I'm going to go get, you know, I didn't know great shoes with me. I was like, I'm going to get some shoes and I'm going to go up there. I mean, I think I went up there like four out of the seven days we were there. She's like, you win. I'm like, no, but it was fun. Like I won some games, but I was like, it was just fun. Like, cause everybody that was playing up there. I mean, if you're playing on a cruise ship, that means you love basketball, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. not like you just go yeah. out there to play. Right. Yeah. So you know, just the fun of just meet new people. And, you know, like you said, just the teamwork and, you know, everybody just, you know, hanging out. You know? And, and the fact that it's on a cruise ship just shows you how global the sport is, you know, I mean, yeah. because, you know, soccer, football, you know, there's usually a soccer ball pretty much anywhere you go. And I think basketball is pretty much the next ball. And you know what, even if there isn't a basketball, if there's a soccer ball, you can shoot that around uh, <laughs> on the hoop there as well. So, um, you know, I think it is one of those games like, you know, boys, girls, men, women, everybody can sort of play basketball. There's no, it's not like, well, this is this is not a game that the kids can play or anything like that. I mean, mm. I have a couple of kids and some kids in the neighborhood and I love just going out there playing and passing around and, and trying to get them to understand how teamwork is. Like, yeah. well, if you pass to your teammate and then you run inside, he might pass to you, get an easier shot. Mm. And, and those sorts of things can translate across any boundary, any country with people because you understand ultimately the purpose is to try to get the best shot you can. And so you pass the ball and, and you move around and, it makes it easier that way. 
Well, you mentioned the the No Dunks guys, and you know you've been with them since so they were. Oh, you were on NBA TV with the starters, mm-hmm. and before you were on the Basketball Jones too, kind of during that time too as well, right? So you've been That's like right, with them, the end there, yes, yeah, for a long time. So what has the you know the transition like been like? Because I think that's always a, a fascinating time in life. Like you have this thing that you're excited about, but uh, closing the book on something that was so successful and such a big part of your life uh, can be different. And are you following the NBA? Or are you just like you know looking at maps these days? Yeah, that. Um I mean, that, that's why it, was, it wasn't it was an easy decision. You know, it, it wasn't like I just decided, oh, yeah, who cares? I'm not going to you know, miss this or I, I don't care about, you know, I, I've had to make. And, yeah, we started in Canada. We moved all down to Atlanta together nearly 10 years ago. We were on NBA TV for six years and the last three years um, at The Athletic. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I as, you know, the decision became clearer and clearer to me I thought wow I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of that that team anymore and that group and you know we've gone through so many experiences together and, and look I don't think that's the end either I, I, I have a feeling I'll probably be on one of the shows <laughs> at some point again talking about the travel and, and the trips yeah. and, and things like that so it's not like we're not friends or anything like that it was it was just honestly I just felt like I wanted to try something different and, and I didn't have to think about what that was I mean it wasn't like I sort of sat down and said well if I don't do the show anymore what am I going to do this idea just kind of like forced itself upon me to the point where I was like, if I don't try this now, I mm. might be sitting here in a year's time wondering what it could have been. And and mm. so in order to take a big step like this, I realized that there was there was a big compromise, a big sacrifice yeah. as far as you have to kind of move on from that show. And 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 you know, that's the thing. I, I obviously you know, don't have any hostility or anything like that. I wish the guys all the best and I'll, you know, I'll be following along still, but it just for me was was time to try something different and um, and look when I started doing the podcast in Toronto <laughs> and we moved down here for the TV show I that thought well I'll do this for the too, rest right oh, like, it's huge huge yeah you know and I thought I'll probably do this for the rest of my life because who wouldn't but <laughs> once you've been doing it and, and look I did eleven years and I don't even know how many podcasts <laughs> and, and and other shows we did like well over 2000 you know maybe even closer to 3000 in yeah. total when, when with all the other things combined and so I, I i sort of said to myself like it's okay to 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 want to do something else you know yeah. Yeah, i didn't want to beat myself up for saying well you you know you, yeah, people would love to have your job because i'm sure they would but that doesn't mean it's necessarily right for you right now and and so the decision i didn't feel too much anxiety about the decision once it became clear to me that i thought well if you want to do this then you have to you have to basically give up one. Give this a shot, and you know, I mean, again, it's not like I have to talk myself into what's up, what's coming up in these next few weeks. It's, <laughs> it, I mean, it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, there's going to be highs and lows, and 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 uh, you know, ups and downs. And I've been checking the weather in all the cities that I'm going to. Uh, to <laughs> oh play. yeah, no kidding, the weather. Uh, yeah. I mean. Because as long as it's not raining, it'll be fine. I don't care. I mean, it's it, like it's right. it's coming out of summer, of course, so yeah. it's going to be cooler, but. I don't care. I'll play in cold temperatures. In fact, I'll, I'd rather play in cold temperatures than what we get here in Atlanta, where Jeez, it's so hot and humid. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just if it's running like a little bit of light rain's okay, but if it starts pouring down anywhere, I mean that's <laughs> that's obviously going to uh, make it trouble. I don't know. But, I've seen I've seen the know. guy. The, there's a guy speaking of Instagram. There's a guy on Instagram somewhere in Africa that has like his own shoot away that he's made, and I've seen his uh, videos promoted. <laughs> Pretty heavily, so you might just want to do a pouring, I think pouring I've seen rain. That. Yeah, do a pouring yeah. rain one. That's I, that might be on your agenda. <laughs> you know what? Oh, that that's the other thing about the authenticity of it. It's like, hey, I'm here to play basketball. It's yeah. pouring rain. I'm still playing basketball, and because you know, yep. again, it's I've lived in Toronto where we get minus 
55,000 oh yeah. degrees. So yeah. it's not going to be that cold anywhere <laughs> I go. It no, might be a little bit chilly, but uh, yeah, I mean, rain, rain's the only one that can just kind of, uh, the problem with rain is other people who might be wanting to come along are just yeah. like, all right, I'm not leaving the house to go and yeah. play with this yeah. guy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Greece will be nice, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, like all of all of them, like I say, they're still just coming out of the, 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 the tail end of summer, so it shouldn't be too bad, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Are you still excited about the NBA or following that at all? Yeah, I mean, look, obviously uh, I'm not following it as closely as I have done for the last uh, 11 years. I mean, because my focus right now is trying to have thing, all my you know things lined up for this big trip, and so I've been uh, you know putting all the videos together. Then I've been communicating with people about getting courts available and who's going to be there. Uh, you know, trying to book hotels and accommodation and travel and all those sorts of things. So that takes up so much of your time. And, and again, above all of this, I'm a father and a husband first. So yeah. you know, when my boys come home from school, I want to play with them. And, and you know, I don't just want to be like. I must be locked in. So, but look, I, I I know the Lakers are zero and four right now. I mean, just by virtue of the fact that uh, I'm still on Twitter. But uh, I mean, the we already is, we already got you signed talking. up for them. So you that's why uh, that's why you're monitoring look, I don't them. Miss, you know, I, I don't miss sort of procrastinating about or uh, um, <laughs> you know opining about whether or not the Lakers are yes. good and whether, you know that stuff I don't miss. You know, to be yeah. honest, because I've had those conversations. The Westbrook stuff. I mean, it's like okay, I I, I want to have different conversations. And um, again, a couple of the things that I, I don't want to reveal too much because they might not happen. But a couple of things I've got lined up in uh, some of these countries here. If they come off, I'm going to be so much so excited about them because there's a couple of really good opportunities and possibilities here. But until they happen, nothing means anything. So uh, I'm trying to not get too excited, but I'm, I'm optimistic and hopeful that they will come together. Have you tried to set up a three point competition? in these other countries so you can get your 20? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't quite know how to answer that. Let me just say that. I don't quite know how to answer it. Um, oh, without, tease, again, without, without giving there. away too much. Oh, yeah, right. like, I like, uh, I like yeah, that even I, better. I that's, that's better. <laughs> Look, he's trying to break just, news here. <laughs> yeah. It, I was just watching your videos it, and saw it, that you were trying to break it. I thought yeah. that was pretty awesome that, you know, to be able to do that yeah. and have them record it at the actual place, that's, I mean, that would be pretty awesome as a fan. If an opportunity like that presents itself, you know, <laughs> I'm going to give it a shot. I'll say that. I'll say that. So, uh, <laughs> what, what is for the people who haven't, uh, you know, been, been following you for the, the past few years and maybe are just picking some of this, this stuff up. Uh, there's tons of content on the internet already uh, with, with Lee in there. That's just entertaining, and pr- so appreciate just the, all the hours of entertainment you've given me over the over the years. But uh, what's a story that that you just really cherish from your time uh, covering the NBA? Uh, honestly, um, I remember saying to my wife when we moved down after a week or two, I was saying. I don't know how long this is going to last. I want to just embrace everything because when you get a TV show, the funny thing was a lot of people, especially from Australia, said, oh, you've made it. Mm. And I was like, it feels the opposite like that. It honestly feels like now I have to prove myself every single day. So there was a different pressure there. Um, And the first year was tough. There's no doubt about it. We we didn't know what we were doing. It was a big (laughs) empty studio there and you're trying to be professional and all that. But then we got a little bit more comfortable. And, and in those those other those following years after the first year, I mean, I grew up in the late, uh, you know, I was born in the 70s, uh, grew up <laughs> in the 80s. And, I, and, and in Australia, the first finals I really followed were the 88 finals, the Lakers and the Pistons. And, uh, you know, I was a Lakers fan, but Isaiah Thomas at six foot tall 
going out there, you know, beating up the Lakers. Yeah, exactly. There you go, Indiana's <laughs> own. I mean, the the thing that inspired me about Isaiah is, you know, even though you're watching on TV, so you can't quite tell exactly, but you can see guys like James Worthy and Magic and Kareem, and then you have Isaiah Thomas, who was as big as, you know, my dad, out there throwing his body on the line and fighting and scrapping. And so I had posters of Isaiah Thomas on my bedroom wall. Any highlights I had, I loved it. There is enough footage out there of Isaiah getting beaten up in the head and the face. And, I mean, there's the big Carl Malone one. Like, this guy just tough as anything put his body on the line. And so 12-year-old me watching that couldn't possibly have imagined that, you know, 30 years later I would be on the court with Isaiah Thomas shooting around talking to him about things that happened in the playoffs, things that he'd forgotten and I would remind him of about <laughs> some certain games as well where he was kind of like, well, was that in game three or game four? I said, no, it was game three. What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> like if you if you had told me, 12-year-old me, that one day I would be out there playing one-on-one against Isaiah Thomas, um, I, I just couldn't. You know, the, the, the NBA and Isaiah may as well have been on Mars back then <laughs> because that was just how yeah. far away it was. And then that happened in so many other ways, just with guys like Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley, you know, and, you know, Rolando Blackman, the the guy from the '87 All Star Game. I mean, I met so many people and 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 players who I just they were just heroes to me as a kid. And but again, it was it was not local heroes. These were like guys in the United States, which was just just so far away on in this you know this league that we could barely even get um, coverage of. And so to meet those guys, and then and then I did the thing with Steph Curry as well, where I shot around with Steph Curry. I mean, I remember watching Del Curry for the Charlotte Hornets, yeah. and I remember you know hearing about his son Steph coming through Davidson, and people saying, and I, and I saw this guy, and I thought, I wonder if he's going to be a shooter like his dad. And he, turned out he was uh, not too bad like his dad, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know um, all those things that 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 it's funny. I I, I felt um, all that all that education I had just helped me out when I got to NBA TV because I didn't feel like I had to do any research on these guys when they came on. I, I felt I knew these guys and I, I'd read about them in Hoop Magazine and Basketball Digest and seen them on NBA Action and things like that. And so it was just uh, incredible to actually, you know, be friends of sorts with some of these guys who were like, um, you know, people that I just couldn't imagine I was going to not only work with but just sort of see and, and go on the road with and travel with at times and, and talk to Isaiah and chew his ear off sometimes about uh, <laughs> things that he can't, he couldn't even remember. He played so many games and, you know, he'd been beaten up a few times. So maybe he couldn't quite remember everything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was, it was an incredible experience and I, I treasure Amazing. it and I cherished it. And look, when they, when they told us they weren't renewing the contract, obviously it was disappointing and sad, but I sort of knew that day was coming as well. I, I, yeah. And I sort of was prepared for it. And, um, you know, you're like, well, you, it's that old saying, you know, don't, don't be sad because it's over. Be happy because it happened. And that's yeah. how I felt and I still feel today. Man, that's great. Well, I got to ask you this question. Hopefully I'm not putting you too much on the spot. We, we're working on something on ourselves on a different podcast. And uh, so I don't know how much you watch Magic and Bird. You, you <laughs> see a lot of them. So when they came out, if they would have both been drafted the same year and you had the number one pick, who are you taking? Mm. It's a very hard question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I look. I think you. I think you probably go magic. I suppose. Yes. I mean, I mean, they both won three MVPs. Um, you know, 
Larry, look, Larry was clearly the better shooter, uh, better defender. I mean, Magic, uh, <laughs> not certainly not known for his uh, defense, but <laughs> Magic was the absolutely perfect uh, player for the Lakers Showtime 80s. I mean, the name, the way that he played, he loved Hollywood because yeah. I think for some guys right now, and I think if you look at Brandon Ingram, D'Angelo Russell, mm. um, uh, you know, there's been others, uh, Lonzo Ball over the years. Going into Los Angeles right now as a rookie is just uh, you know impossible to succeed in that environment. I think as a hall of you famer, to, as a hall of famer, it's tough. Ask Russell Westbrook. Well, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and and I think and that's right. Westbrook is also an experienced player. He's not at the you know he's not starting out. And yeah. so you know, for Magic Johnson, you need to have the personality to match something mm. like that. And I mean that that. That is just exactly what he had. So, look, I, I, those two players, uh, and along with Michael and Dr. J, what done for basketball in the NBA around the world is uh, is something that just will not be repeated, I don't think, because, and this is another thing I talk to people about, like growing up in the 80s, I was a big WWE fan, you know, like Hulk Hogan and uh, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. <laughs> and so at the same time, basketball had, you know, Dr. J, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, like guys who seem to have, stage names in the basketball world you know like it, it sort of for me it intertwined a lot and um and then basketball took off and you know i moved away from wrestling at that as i as i grew up there but the league and and just how global basketball is now i mean and there's guys but certainly guys before those uh you know my michael jordan talks about david thompson being his hero and, and how the game evolves and things like that but i think it, it just at the time where david stern came in as the commissioner he realized how to market the league better you got these superstars, and, and now you have basketball, you know, as big as it is today. So, um, you know, Larry Bird, though, like his highlights are just in some of the shots he made, and you know, there's <laughs> some of those classic moments, like the the game five against the Pacers in 1991, oh where he hits his chin or his uh, cheekbone there. I mean, that is, and the funny thing is, so when I did pop and packs, I don't know if you guys are familiar oh with God, that. I where I opened, love it. <laughs> yeah, I tried to get, um, I tried to get uh, Larry Bird on. I've tried to get Reggie Miller on that because, I mean, that series was just an incredible series. You know, Chuck Person saying after Game Three that for one day at least I was the greatest player in the world. You know, and talking trash <laughs> there with Larry Bird. And, and then game five, you know, like it looks like the Pacers are going to steal it. And then yeah. Larry goes down, then he comes back, and the garden goes crazy. And then the Pacers still had a chance right at the end there as well. Chuck Person missed that three. So, um, you know, I, I just, uh, for me, again, when I was that kid in Australia watching this stuff, hoping one day to be able to just attend one NBA game, I remember pestering my dad saying, can we go to Los Angeles and watch a game? And he's like, <laughs> We're not flying all the way to Los Angeles just to watch a game. And I remember it was about the same age. I was, I was you know, 15 or 16, and, and I talked to the career guidance counsellor at school, in high school, and I said, you know, can I be an exchange student? And they're like, well, you know, what do you and, – and I said, I want to go to Los Angeles, uh, Chicago, or New York. And they said, well, you, you can't just go and watch basketball. Okay? You have to go to school and stuff. And I was like, uh, like oh, you know, man. and again – I mean, I, I talked a big game. I don't know if I would have gone through with it, but I was trying to find any way I could I could uh, get to America and, 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 and watch games. And so ultimately my career brought me here anyway, but I just there was no way of knowing that was going to happen uh, and unfold the way it did. Yeah, life has a funny way of uh, sorting that stuff out if you're passionate about it, right? It, it does, it does. And, and, and I truly believe that, um, I, I mean, I moved to Toronto in 2001 because I wanted to be close to basketball and the Raptors, I could get into Canada and work there. With There wasn't a way I could work in the United States. So the Raptors had a team and I was like, perfect, I'll go and live there and, and you know, 
Vince Carter was on the team and, and, I, and I fell back in love with the NBA because I sort of stopped following it. When Jordan retired, they had the lockout in 98, yeah. 99 there. I think a lot of people kind of like, you know, just it was an end of an era, yeah. even though he came back again. But moving there to Toronto and then I just like, all right, I, yeah, I'm back in love with everything. So <laughs> it was it was great. That's great. You know, the, I, I hope that you had know, talked about popping packs and, you know, some of your other little segments. I hope you bring some of those or have some new ones that, that come along. Um, I heard about one where you open each person opens a pack of cards and picks out the best three players and tries to make a three on three team, like kind of just to, just to argue back and forth about that. But I enjoy those little like segments. They have a lot of lev- levity to them too. So, oh, look at that. Well, look, it's funny. I've got, I've got a pack right here, you know, because I am going to, I am going to take a few on the road. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to do it, but I am going to take okay, a few good. on the road because, um, again, without revealing too much, I'm optimistic that I might have reason to, uh, open these cards yeah. at some point down the road. I there, mean, so, I, lo- uh, I love that. There's, it's just a fun, like, break to, to, you know, revisit some of the memories. Like you said, like just randomly comes up. We're, we're talking about the Pacers and Larry Bird, uh, through Robert's question. So that's part of the fun of it. Well, Lee, we saw. That's right. Yeah, you go ahead. Sorry, go on. Yeah. No, you. Well, I was just going to say, like, a couple of the guests I had were James Worthy and Ralph Sampson. You know, the Lakers and the Rockets, of course, had a couple of great series there, especially in 86. And I love talking about that stuff where Ralph Sampson hits the big shot and, uh, I think it was uh, I think it was Robert Reed who who passed the ball to him and uh, and and Ralph was saying how Robert Reed takes all the credit for the pass uh, <laughs> rather than uh, you know Ralph Sampson <laughs> hitting the shot. So uh, <laughs> that's so incredible. Well, Lee, we so appreciate having you on today. Uh, we're going to get you out of here with a couple of just run and gun style questions. But uh, before we hit those, tell people where they can find you and follow you on this journey. We, I know we certainly will be following you, but uh, we want to hear where all the places they can interact with you and maybe even ask you to uh, come on. We, we have a few international people. I'm always surprised when people overseas are listening to us. So maybe they hear this and think we should have lead our country. So yeah, I'm very lucky that I had uh, I have both my Instagram and you uh, Instagram and Twitter handles are just Lee Ellis, my name L E I G H E L L I S. YouTube handles are apparently coming to YouTube uh, on November 14. Right now, my YouTube page is you know 25 characters, so I'm not going to try to read that out. <laughs> but if you Google me, YouTube me, you know if you go to my Instagram or Twitter, you'll be able to go go there to the link. So um, so yeah, jump on there. Uh, and I, look, I'm on TikTok. Uh, oh, nice. You know, well, <laughs> we'll, yeah, well, you know, I spoke to somebody who uh, who advised me who said, you know, the best thing you can do is be across the major platforms because it's yeah. just going to help your audience. So I'm trying. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm, I, as I sort of said earlier, I'm not trying to necessarily become the biggest thing straight away. I'm going to learn and grow and, and try to focus on the audience I have and try to grow that. And, uh, you know, it's not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to become instantly uh you know social media famous overnight it's gonna be more slow and steady but more deliberate so we'll see but yeah if uh, people want to follow along ask questions join in please do uh the more the merrier because ultimately the reason i'm doing this is because of the, the support i've had from fans over the years and uh, i'd like to continue that yeah we're going to try when you get back to the states after all this uh international travel we're going to try to make you come to indiana to play some basketball we can even <laughs> I mean, meet you honestly, at Lick. <laughs> that's right. yeah. well, but that's the thing is I had uh, so many people from the United States also who, who offered, you know, said, come out here, come out there. And I'm like, I'm not going to ignore the United States. Yeah. For sure, I want to try to do some sort of series because I know um, that, you know, there, there's never, there's no shortage of markets out here either. And places in Indiana I've never been um, is where I'd love to go. I'd, I, I want to, I want to play in a cornfield somewhere, you know, I want right. We can, we can make that happen. 
keep on I want people to turn up on a tractor and we're just like, <laughs> all right, let's play, let's play basketball. Because as, as I was saying earlier, you know, there's famous gyms everywhere, but I don't want that. I want the I want the stuff that people haven't seen, that the locals know about, yeah. but people outside of the state and the cities don't know about. Love it. Well, all right, first one here leading off. What's your favorite place to watch a basketball game? Wow, that's a great question. Um, my favorite place to watch a game, I mean, I really have enjoyed the standing room only that we've had down uh, in Atlanta, me and the guys have been to, because um, one thing I don't like about when you go to any sort of sporting event is if you sit next to someone for the entire game, you sort of, you've got one conversation, maybe two, depending on if you've got someone either side of you, where a standing room, it's a little bit more interactive where you can, you can move around a little bit, you can get your beers. Um, so I, I enjoy that atmosphere. I don't, I don't need to be sitting, you know, in a chair, uh, watching the game up close, I'd rather I'd rather just be in a in a situation where it's more social than uh, than you know necessarily sitting down to watch it. So, but that also goes back to my cricket days, following cricket and Australian rules football. It was always more fun when you could stand with your friends, have a few beers, talk, and then you just move throughout the crowd as the game goes on. Like the student section there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing; it's a bit cheaper those seats too. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, what's your favorite basketballism or saying that you've come across? Well, it has to be confidence, baby confidence by uh, <laughs> Rolando Blackman. I mean, that that ultimately, you know, changed my life. Uh, Rolando Blackman hitting those two free throws in 1987 and I had a hat made with it. I don't know where it is. I, I, I was looking for that hat the other day and I lost it. Um, so if a new era is listening and they want to make some more hats, let's, let's get them going. But, yeah, I mean, confidence, baby confidence just means so much to me and uh at the time when it happened i didn't know it was going to have the impact it did and i've met rolando we've talked uh it's just just incredible so you know confidence baby confidence is uh it, it means everything to me in my uh in my basketball journey what's your favorite place that you've played so far uh that's another great question i mean the the place i talked about in barcelona and berlin were fantastic but really it was probably in brazil where i played on this beach town in parity was a city about about four hours south of rio when i was about 23 i'd had a few drinks in the afternoon with a friend of mine a few caipirinhas and we decided to go for a walk and we saw a court there and i just started shooting around and i was in flip-flops and you know t-shirt and you know a bit bit boozed up there and i started <laughs> playing and uh and then a few other people turned up and I actually started beating the locals and uh, they didn't love it uh, and they eventually beat me and it was also my cue to sort of get out of there. So um, it was – but it was – I mean, that's actually what I think about now. That that was the first time I really played, just turned up on a court, played, and I had fun. And and so that was probably uh, – I, I want – actually, I'm planning something for Brazil and Argentina at some point and I'm going to try to find that court. I'm not sure I'll be able to. It was, you know. 23 years ago or something now, but I know that I know the town I was in, I know the area I was in, and um, I'm going to see if uh, someone can help me find that court because it'd be great to go back there and play where, where it kind of all began. Well, Lee, thank you again for coming on. I hope that you'll let us catch up with you somewhere down the line uh, after you've become the uh, international man of mystery and a YouTube uh, (laughs) sensation. Everyone, I would encourage everyone just to follow along. This guy, again, has provided me with a ton of entertainment over the years. Uh, Just a genuine guy, like he said, family guy. And and, uh, I promise that you'll laugh and be uh, feel a part of the, the basketball culture, which is what we're going for, too. So thank you for listening to the 199 podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do. And while you're at it, leave us a rating or review. Five stars only, like the basketball camp. 
We also have links to all of 19.9 social media so you never miss a release. Until next time, 